Hello and welcome to the All Black Session. Hi, I'm Paul, the guy behind Driving Mall, your best place for rugby predictions and opinion. And uh, you're lucky you did not get that view of Stephen Harris. We'll be uh, bringing him up. Yes, it's England next, and that's what we're going to be talking about. Um, so, yes, good evening, evening, Stephen. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, good evening again, Paul. And uh, once again, the privilege of the pleasure to be on the uh, TV. Where are you? There you are. And... We had issues with echoes yes last night, so I was going to quickly put the headphones on so that we don't have that problem this evening. So, um, what do we got going? Basically, um, we've got two things to talk about, haven't we? Really, with uh, Eng- uh, New, Z- uh, New Zealand versus Ireland, um, and then also we should have a quick chat. Um, about what's going to happen this weekend um, against England in the Rugby World Cup final. So, um, just I, obviously we've I did a uh, post-match reaction with uh, John O'Connor to the All Blacks versus Ireland game at the weekend, and um, we will be uh, so we don't need to go over that in detail. But um, Ollie Brown has got the uh, the important questions uh, in the live chat this evening. Is Steve going to um, going to going be singing? This evening, I think going to be singing this no, evening. No, not on your life. No, <laughs> dear me, I'm sorry. Yes, we have no no singing um, this evening. Or, or if there is any singing, it's going to come, probably come from me and might be a quick rendition of "Swing Low, Sweet Chariot." Oh um, no, oh, dear. Being um, being uh, being an Englishman, so um, uh, it's uh, Ollie Brown says it should be customary for guests from now on to sing. Now, well, I'm not yeah. sure how many guests I'd get if I did that. Um, and uh, for those of you that probably noticed that I've got the wrong overlay. I should have the All Blacks edition. There we go. That's much better. Um, running a bit late, uh, as you can probably tell, and all over the place. But we've got the got the Milo. Um, and let's be honest, um, a knock-on penalty kicked things off for New Zealand um, against Ireland. And it was really one-way traffic from uh, sort of plain sailing from, the, from then on, wasn't it? Aaron Smith picked up a couple of tries. Um the uh, an island were just turning the ball over when they got it, um, kicking too long, not contestable, and they were basically at sea in that uh, in in that, in that in that first half, weren't they? Yeah, Paul. It was what's sort of interesting to me is um, Stockdale almost picked off an intercept and and knocked it down. It, it, it would have been really interesting to see if the I'm assuming if the Irish had they picked off that intercept, converted it, got out to a seven. 7-0 lead would you know would it that have just given them a um, a really good good quick start to maybe put a little bit of mental pressure on the All Blacks early call. Yeah, I think the, the those early mistakes or that early mistake which which led to that um, that three three uh, three easy points for Moanga. Um, we then uh, late um, let's be honest, um, Aaron Smith's. Uh, one of them was uh, at least one of his tries was because someone jumped offside to try and tackle him uh, when they shouldn't have done. So um, yeah, Ireland definitely w- didn't help themselves, uh, and it all went a bit um, it all went a bit 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 south for them. Yep. Uh, right. Just doing a quick. Um, <laughs> there we go. Quick. Well, oh, I'm with the hat on. I'm on, I'm on the screen without my hat. Okay. Oh, that's better. I did tell people I had a haircut recently, even change hats. 
There we go. Got the smart go. one on. You feel you look complete. <laughs> I do. For those of you who are, watching, who are listening to the podcast, I'm very sorry for the first four minutes. Um, it will get better from now on. So the yes, and I, they they were at sea. I mean, we had even when they were on attack, um, we had Rob Kearney running a far too close a line uh, off Johnny Sexton, knocking the ball down, which then led to it being picked up and Reese, uh, or then Reese um, tackling nice and low, knocking the ball out, um, uh, and it being run back for a try. Uh, so yes, everything that, uh, that that could go wrong was sort of going wrong for Ireland um, then. And once you're 22 down at half-time, let's be honest, there was no way uh, that they were going to come back from that. And it really was just a matter of, uh, Ref, can you please stop this game? Because, um, yeah, it's, you, we're flogging a dead horse here. Yeah, well, you, you kind of know a team is a little behind the eight more when they spend a bit of time... Um, I don't know whether arguing with the ref, but there was a, a lot of chatter to, to Nigel Owens during the time during the time of the 80 minutes, and it just as the game basically went along, it just really increased, which basically said to me mentally, I, I think they were they were pretty much done, probably feeling that everything was was going against them, and um, you know when it goes down that path, I think it's the beginning of the end. It is, um, but enough about Ireland because this is not the um, this is not the 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 all-green show. This is the all-blacks edition. Um, and we've got to say Aaron, that uh, yeah, Aaron Smith was uh, was was on form. Um, Richard Mwanga looked good as well. But that all comes about because the forwards set up a real nice platform uh, oh. for them to work with. Uh, yeah, in this he, one. he pretty much had a dream ride. And, you know, ironically, that's probably Aaron Smith's best game in a very, very long time. And it, it was almost like a return to the form of we know how good he can be when he was the number one halfback in the world. And, uh, boy, it was, it was, it was pretty much a um, back to the future for Aaron Smith. Yeah, absolutely. He had a, get a, get a good game. Um, we then, and, and obviously he had a really good game. Reese obviously um, had a decent game. Uh, the, perhaps one of the few players, I guess, Bridge was a, a little bit, um, a little bit quiet. We didn't uh, didn't didn't really see much of of him. Um, a bit see bit surprised to see Bowden Barrett uh, named man of the match. Cause I thought Aaron Smith would have been, but I mean Bowden mm. had a really good game. Uh, and really, the only uh, problems pro- pro- uh, any real issue is that Matt Todd has got himself injured. Mm. Um, I mean, sure he gave away a penalty try, uh, which le- led a few people to scratch their heads. Um, but uh, yeah, he did lie down. In an offside position, so you, he was in front of the ruck. He had to be yeah, if he was over the line. He, well, he put it this way: he he knew where the try. He, he probably knew where the try could be scored against the the pad of the pace. And he um, very how, how shall I say? Very cynically, you could say he just put his body and he wrapped. He pretty much wrapped himself around the pace, knowing that there was no chance of that try being scored. So I, I actually totally agree. It was cynical. It was a yellow card. And he deserves what he got. Yep. Now I've I've heard of people going around hugging trees, but not um, not hugging rugby posts before. So yeah, interesting one there from uh, a new trend maybe being set there by um, by, by by Matt Todd. Um, yeah, it's good. He's picked up a shoulder injury, which basically means he's out of the semi-final, but apparently could return for the final um, or the third, fourth playoff, depending which game the All Blacks uh, head on to after that. So so no one has been called up as his replacement. A little bit. Uh, I was wondering whether they would use opportunity to get Leon Squire in um, as a 
uh, and, and sneak him in at the last minute. But uh, but clearly they've, they've they've decided not to do that. No, I I think you're probably. Well, it's interesting. We'll probably talk a little bit more about their their, their upcoming game. But I suppose the likes of Shannon Frizzell comes into the the frame. I couldn't have, I couldn't imagine they'll probably look at a at a bigger body, e.g. maybe a Patrick Tuipulotu coming onto the bench. I, I think they'll probably go go for somebody a little bit more mobile. Paul. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. What we normally do on these shows when we say that uh, uh, what's coming up next is we go through and we try and predict the match day 23. Yeah. I think it's pretty obvious though, isn't it, really? It's pretty much the exact the, the same as against Ireland with the exception of Matt Todd gets um, basically get, gets replaced by Shannon Frizzell. I mean, that's, that's the only real change I can think of. Um, it's going to be a very short show, Paul. <laughs> and, well, yes. <laughs> so... Um, let's do that now and get that out of the way then. So I've just brought up the spreadsheet with the um, with the team. Oh, we've got a thumbs down already. Well, thank you for that, folks. Whoever that, whoever that was. Um, the so here, here's the spreadsheet of um, showing it. So basically, what we what we're expecting to see is Moody, Luilalas be the props with um, Avo and Onga Tangafasi um, to come off the bench. Um, Cody Taylor and Dane Coles with uh, I mean Cody Taylor's forced himself into that for, into that starting position now um, ahead of uh, ahead of Dane Coles uh, he's done a fantastic job over the last uh, uh, over the last year really to up his game hasn't he mm. yeah no he's, he's been he's been fantastic and uh, I think that time away from rugby for, for Dane Coles has been a bit of a bit of a killer for him and he's he's slowly come back into it but you can't fault the the form of Cody Taylor while while um, while the likes of uh, uh, Dane Cole has been away. In fact, I actually thought Cody Taylor, when was it? Was it last year or year before? I thought he was very unlucky not to be the, the New Zealand Rugby Player of the Year. Yeah, last year um, was was when last yeah when, when when Cody Taylor was out for the full year. Absolutely, he is, is being, being been doing very well uh, in the locks. Brody Retallick, Sam White Lock with Scott Barrett to come off the bench, um, and then the back row: Ardy Severe, Sam Kane, and Kieran Reid. Now there was room, room or there, there was news that. Um, Kieran Reid didn't uh, wasn't training with the team on Tuesday uh, in what apparently was very wet weather, uh, but um, Steve Hansen rubbished anything and any suggestion that he wouldn't be playing uh, this weekend. Apparently, he was on the 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 bike in the gym. Yeah, from what I believe, he had a bit of a tight calf as well. So, with with, with the conditions the way they were, they didn't want to risk it. Yep. Um, off the bench, as we've said there, um, Matt Todd isn't available, and hence we expect Shannon Frizzell to get the, twen- the 19 jersey? No, sorry, 20, the 20 jersey. Get 20 jersey. The 20 jersey, that's right. Um, on the bench. Three picks. Um, Aaron Smith, TJ Pirinara. Uh, Aaron Smith starting with TJ coming off the bench. Um, coming into the backs, Richard Mwanga at 10 with... Um, Bowden Barrett at 15 as the, uh, the, the the two playmaker option. Um, Antoinette Brown and Jack Goodhue as your starting centres. Yeah. That that um, they appear to be... Uh, I mean, I was, I was a bit surprised to see that, that Ryan Crossy wasn't selected. Um, but let's be honest, Antoinette Brown has been playing fantastically. Um, but yeah, so I thought it was going to be Crossy and Antoinette Brown. But uh, yeah, no. Clearly, 
um, A or B and, and and Jack are the two that they uh, that they prefer now. Yeah, Paul, what was your what was your thoughts on the the impact from the bench and what the guys who came off the bench for? Um, well, it's one of these strange ones, isn't it? Where I mean, basically the game's gone, the game's won, so you're being brought on more just to rest the four, rest the guy who's gone off to actually you, you, you've not you're not being given license or instructions to change to change the game. So I don't know if that impacts how you come on as a player when you come, when when you when when you do come off the bench. But um, I thought I thought Jordy did okay. Yeah, I thought if you could could be a, a little picky, some of those guys that did that did come off the bench. I mean, to say if you if you were critical just in and around their their discipline, obviously met met Todd um, getting a yellow card, but I can also recall offering uh, a fussy as well, giving away a, a needless offside penalty, and it just it just seems to me at the time there were there were, there were sort of three or four infractions by the guys that came off the bench. So that's just a little a little concern. We know in a, in a tight game, especially against England, and of course England have got their sharpshooter, and Owen Farrell, um, might be a little bit of concern. So we say it's going to be the same squad, but I just kind of wonder if maybe anybody from the bench may have played their way out of the team. Um, I think actually Molly, if we're talking about props, actually Molly was brought purely as... The, the the spare guy just to fill out some time to give the others a rest. I don't think he was ever uh, the, the way he's been selected. I don't think he's, he, he was he was going to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't see Liam Coltman getting ahead of Dane Coles again, or Patrick Tuipulotu getting ahead of Scott Barrett either. So the only place where you're suggesting that might happen is with sort of Ryan Crossy ahead of Sonny Mill Williams, really, or Ben Smith ahead of Jordy Barrett. And I don't think those two did anything particularly wrong. And I think right. Sonny Bill Williams does bring something that can he can change games more, whereas Ryan Crowley is someone who would come on and solidify a game rather than necessarily change rather than necessarily well, change your. Well, it's funny you, funny that you, we we actually talk about that, Paul, because if you think back to uh, when was it um, the England Test at, at Twickenham last year, it was if I recall, I think Sonny Bill started, and it wasn't really until. Crotty came off the bench and and just gave the, that All Black uh, midfield a little bit more impetus, if I recall. So you think there's a chance that Jack, that Ryan Crotty will get ahead of um, Sonny Bill Williams? I do think there might be an outside chance. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. You heard it, it first. You heard it there first, but <laughs> I'm uh, yeah, it, it is definitely an outside chance. I mean, Sonny Bill Williams is the is the front runner. I think really um, there is an outside chance there. I guess. I mean, Bridge and Reese are definitely going to start on the wings, aren't they? Um, and then uh, Jordy Barrett, Riko Iwani, or Ben Smith for that final, uh, the 23 jersey. It looks like that Jordy Barrett's the way they're going to, they want to go. Yeah. There. Like, yeah, like I say, you could only really, after that performance being so impressive, and, and like you say, they just really came in as stop fillers to, um, you know, just make sure that they'd, they'd pretty much clear the decks. The game, the game was pretty much won. Um, you could have only really played your played your way out, but if I'm just sort of thinking in terms of strategy and how Hanson and his coaching staff are looking at England at this stage, that to me is the only thing that they could possibly change. Maybe like, like I say, somebody like a Crotty or somebody like a Ben Smith, 
you know they just might have a, a, a they might they might be just thinking okay we we had Geordie there but boy it'll be handy to have somebody who's really experienced been in a World Cup uh, uh, knockout game situation and, and, and Ben Smith and, and Crotty you know they tick both those boxes they do that's very true um so does Sonny Williams obviously um two-time rugby World Cup winner that he is, uh, and let's, be, let's remember back in 2015, he came off the bench and, to, and, uh, and changed the game in the final at half-time um, as well, So, and that is four years ago, let's, um, so it is a while back, let's be honest, um, but we look at the, uh, when you're talking about the benches, you, it's, there, there, is, there is an element there where you can do horses for courses, um, so, and if we think about how, if we're talking about predominantly the backs here, in, in, is where we think there is room for manoeuvre rather than the forwards. Mm. Um, so if we think about what uh, what England brought against, oh, I've just gone absolutely blank. Australia. Australia, thank you. Against Australia, they started out with a Farrell, um, uh, Manu, and um, a and Slade uh, three quarters line. So you so basically you got your big ball carrier in at twelve. Um, with a second kicking option out in the 13 channel uh, in the backs. You've had um, Johnny May, Elliot Daly and Anthony Watson, three quick guys. Anthony Watson a bit more of a, uh, a, a stepper rather than a pure out-and-out pace that the other two have got. And when they changed it up, what happened was that we saw um, uh, Henry Slade come off. Or did he go to the wing? Anyway, but he got the, they brought on Ford and it went to Ford, Farrell, Manu Tuolangi, um, so ending up with two internal two, two playmakers in the ten and twelve channel, uh, rather than ten and thirteen, uh, and the heavy ball carrier moving out. So, with would you? Uh, I, I guess Sonny Williams, let's be honest, is a twelve through and through. So you might want to bring with Jack Goodhue on, who can play twelve and thirteen, because he could then go opposite Manu, potentially, um, if you wanted someone else to, to, to come on from that point of view, uh, or or a fresh set of legs to to, to set up opposite him. Listen, the the, the All Black selectors might they might totally surprise us and and go for a crotty good hue um, mid, mid midfield and and have uh, Leonard Brown off the bench. I would be extremely surprised if Leonard, Leonard Brown didn't start. Mm-hmm. For my mind, he's he's done everything he should, he he can do to earn that jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, I just gone blank as who came for the bench for England. Um, oh, that's right, Jamie Joseph. So. England basically played a ten and a thirteen on the on the bench um, rather than actually a, a back three player. So all their changes were going to be in those. In, all, all the changes they're going to make were going to be in those three quarters. Um, and yeah, so if you're looking for fresh legs, you're going to have to deal with that rather than necessarily back three. Um, so maybe maybe there is an argument for uh, for having um, Crossy in there instead of instead of Sonny Bill Williams. And, a, and maybe even a Ben Smith instead of Geordie Barrett, because again he can come into the centres if need be. Whereas I, I guess Geordie can as well. Yeah, well, def- definitely some options on the table. Very like like you say, very unlikely they'll make some changes, but you never know. You know, sometimes these coaches look at different sides and in, in, in different ways and what it, whatever works. One thing that I don't think will change is uh, is halfback first five. <laughs> and the back three. <laughs> Very true. So we know that um, Eddie Jones is a is a tournament coach. 
can you, uh, would you, do you think he's going to go the same way with Farrell, Tuolangi, Slade? Or do you think he's going to go for Ford, Farrell, uh, Tuolangi to kick, to kick things off? Mm. No, I think he'll keep, I think he'll stick to the same side that played Australia. The, um, so what that side is, uh, in the front row is Manu, uh, is, um, uh, Mako, sorry, Vinopola, Jamie George and Carl Sinclair. Um, Carl Sinclair had a really good game. Yeah. Um, well, and is yeah. someone that's, uh, that's coming through, but what you've basically got there is a, is a British and Irish Lions front row. Um, in the engine room, you've got Mario Toji and Courtney Laws. Again, two players who have toured with the Lions. Uh, and then a back three of Curry, Underhill and Vernipola. Um, now, was, I think Vernipola missed out on the Lions because he was injured. Mm-hmm. So, But otherwise, he would have gone. Um, Curry and, and Underhill are two very young players. And it's going to be really interesting to see their battle with uh, Kane and Surveyor because I think that's... Cause that's um, they're two young guys who are trying to prove themselves at this level as being the best. Um, well, it, well it, it, Paul, I think it's fair to say they well and truly shadowed their two illustrious opponents um, a week ago. Um, you know, in and, Hooper and, and Pocock, who, let's be honest, are... Although, <laughs> although I will say, I actually... I thought Pocock was a little quiet, but I did... I actually, listen, I think... I'm not a Michael Hooper fan, but I actually thought he played pretty well. Yep. Um, so they're going to. So so yes, I mean, they've done it against two of the best in the world. Um, that breakdown battle is going to be absolutely enthralling. <laughs> um, not one for the weak of heart. Curry and Underhill put their heads where they shouldn't do, right? Um, as, it, as 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 in they they just throw their bodies on the line. Yeah. Go to dark places. Yeah. Go to dark places. Um, Itoji is a um, it's got a, a real engine. Courtney Laws again. Uh, is, is a guy who gets around the pitch, makes some real big tackles. Well, um, well, that's the, Paul. That's the that's the real intrigue about this English team. If you sort of go back to two thousand and uh, they go back to two thousand and fifteen. Oh my God, I've um, I've forgotten the name of uh, who who was the, who was the skipper. So you got Chris uh, Robshaw and and, um, and Haskell is the other person you're going to be talking about. Yeah, well, see, they they they're kind of. Well, Haskell is is a bit of a beefcake, isn't he? Really, mm-hmm. really at the at the end end of the day. And if you think they had sort of Dylan, didn't they have Dylan Hartley there as well? Yep. And was there Joe Marler? You know, I, I think this crop of uh, English forwards they are genuine athletes, and I think that's the that's the that's the intriguing um, thing about or the intriguing thing about this uh, this um, semi final is you've got two very very athletic hacks. Absolutely, and and they're basically playing two sevens, whereas back in 2015 you were playing two sixes, um, and as England struggled to find a seven, now they have a plethora of them, um, and yeah, so that breakdown is going to be is going to be interesting. Um, Billy Vinopola hasn't had a particularly good tournament; has it? Has had a quiet tournament, um, perhaps done a lot more work tackling, etc., than necessarily ball carrying. Uh, here's a player that under Lancaster was sometimes. Um, rack up getting on towards sort of 70 to 100 metres carrying uh, and would carry more than the rest of the pack put together or 10 times more. Um, that doesn't happen anymore. This pack is much more balanced than that. Um, but uh, yeah, he's due a big game uh, with the ball in hand. Uh, ben Youngs um, is definitely going to start at number nine, which means um, some whole bunch of box kicking folks. Um, and uh, I would expect, yeah... I keep saying so. I keep waiting. I mean, Sever Reese. Let's be blunt. 
um, has stepped up to every challenge that's been put put, put in front of him, uh, and and hasn't uh, and hasn't been found wanting. We keep saying, or I keep saying it, and I think there's been a couple of other people who, on on the shows who've agreed that we're just waiting for Severis to be absolutely bombarded with kicks. This could be the game, yes, um, because he'll be up again. He'll have Johnny May, who is rapid, one of the fastest players around. Um, so it's going to be re- really intriguing uh, between those two. Um, then Owen Farrell, which we've talked about, uh, well, Owen Farrell, we haven't talked about, but solid tackler means that that 10 channel is not uh, an easy one to run down. But the problem we do have is that between Farrell uh, and Manu Tuolangi, they're both guys who like, to, who like to go for the big hit, which means they can get drawn out of shape. Uh, and I think that's where England's real weakness is going to be, uh, is, is those two. I, they're solid tackling, but they're not necessarily solid positionally mm. in their defence. So they're, they're, they certainly don't lack in, in, in courage, but are they, are they yep. capable of working as a, as a chain um, as, the, as opposed to one guy running out of the line? Exactly. So, yeah. Um, and then Henry Slade uh, in that 13 channel, um, again, um, another guy who is is not uh, <laughs> who's shown he's had guts. I mean, uh, was it a, uh, England versus Barbarians in a non-cap game about four years ago? He got absolutely run over, um, and yeah, was bleeding from places that you just yeah he was 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 not in a good place. Um, I think I, re- I, think I, re- I think I recall that was that Rennie Ranger running over him in a Barbarians game. That's that springs to mind. Yes. Yeah. But they, he shouldn't take it personally. Ranger runs over everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he kept on going and, and, and survived that. So yes, I say he, there's another guy who does. Yeah, is yeah shows heart. Um, Alex says that teams have tried kicking to Reese um, in early games, but he diffuses the high ball every time. Yep. Um, yeah, I, 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 I tell you what. The one thing I will say that some of Ireland's kicking, Connor Murray's kicking, was about as poor as it could have ever been. It was too far. The whole business with the high kick is to is basically to is to to be able there to, to contest it and I don't know if a lot of those kicks were contestable and the ones that were contestable usually uh, it was Bowden Barrett that diffused them yeah absolutely and uh, that's uh, the, yeah I agree that um, a mixture of Ireland kicking too long and the All Blacks running some very good um, blocking lines Legally, that is. Look, I mean, every team does it. I just think that um, this, this is not a go at um, this is not a go at the All Blacks. Um, this saying that they, yeah, they they ran those very very well, uh, which which gave protection to whoever the ball catcher was. If that's happening, you have to kick it shorter. You can't keep kicking it that same length um, because you know your players aren't getting there. Um, so this is um, so yeah. So it's, it's, it's that sort of thing. Uh, Ollie Brown, he's ten minutes behind apparently, but he says that Ben Smith is is this World Cup's Miles Mullaina. Um, I do like that. <laughs> um, yeah, his, his, like his, his fall from form has just been quite astounding, you know, within the space of the year, gone from the world's best fullback. Mind you, he's not the lone ranger, Enrico Ioani. <laughs> uh, you, could, you could put on that same, uh, put in that same taxi as well. Um, hard, hard to believe. Yep, uh, it, it's, and... Yeah, it has time just caught up with Ben Smith. I think you're right. He's had a couple of he's had a couple of um, uh, biggest sort of injuries um, as as timeout and 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 concussion. Yes, 
Um, I do worry for him post, um, uh, yeah, in, in retirement. I think he, yeah, there's, yeah, he's, he's yeah. taken way too many head knocks. Yeah, Paulie, you know, when you think Ben Smith, you always think he's just such a confident player. You know, even in, even in traffic, you know, got that ability to, the ability to beat players. But I think the most alarming thing that we've noticed is when he has been put in spaces, but it probably just seems to have that lack of top end pace that he had once yet. Mm. Yep. Um, and then, so, so we talked about uh, Johnny May, Elliot Daly at the fullback. Um, a lot of people are concerned about Elliot Daly uh, under that high ball in particular. So he could get some, he, he, he could be getting some, some, some bombs his way. Uh, but again, if you get it wrong, he has the pace to really hurt you. You, so, um, yes, he may drop one or two, but um, if he catches them, it's coming back quick. He's also got a, ha- a very long boot as well. Um, and actually, Watson, I say, is, is the dancer of that back three, but we've not really seen him use it to good effect yet this, this Rugby World Cup. Um, in Luke Cowan-Dickey, Joe Marler and Dan, and Dan Cole, um, they got, uh, um, and then with um, George Chris, uh, you... Um, Marler, was Marler British Irish line? Maybe not actually. Marler, um, but um, Cole, yeah, Marler, Cole, and Chris, all British and Irish lines. Um, Luke Cowandicki, a young guy coming through, um, and Ludlam in that 20 jersey, another young guy coming through. So you've got some real experience uh, and energy to come off that bench. Willie Hines, not many caps, but really experienced as an old. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, George Ford, we've talked about. Uh, George Ford. George Ford is someone that needs front football. He is someone that can unlock defences and has got some real skills. But he needs front front football, and I think part of the, uh, and he's defensively can be uh, a bit of a turnstile. So I think one of the reasons he's yeah, gone on the bench he, is that he, he, he sort of um, he kind of reminds me of um, now who does Freddie Freddie Burns play for? Uh, Paul. He kind of reminds me of Freddie Burns a little bit. So Freddie Burns, who used to be at Gloucester, but now is with um, went to Leicester, and is it Bath now? I think. Yes. Yes, yes. Bath. Bath. Um, so yeah, I mean that's um, yeah, two guys who I mean, they're probably the similar age actually. And Freddie Burns was 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 England, um, and they actually switched places. George Ford went back to Leicester and away from Bath, and and Freddie Burns went the other way. Um, but um, yeah, so basically the idea is to bring him off the bench once people are tired. There's not so much people aren't be running at him quite so hard, um, and he has more space to to, to cause cause trouble. Um, the um, and then uh, my only thought is that we might see Jack Nell in that 23 jersey rather than Jamie Joseph um, to come off the bench. Another dancer. Um, we'll, we'll we'll see. Um, do we think that uh, England is going to play replicate the dual playmakers with Ford Farrell? And Tuolangi. Um, no, I think they'll start with the two playmakers, as in um, Farrell and Slade. What you need to remember is that Henry Slade played all his age group rugby at 10. And, and I've got to say, probably a bit late for England to be experimenting. You know, New Zealand have pretty much experimented with the, with the two playmaker role throughout most of 2019, and, and, and it's taken a while to beat them. Yeah, but to make that two playmaker role of Ford Farrell was what Eddie Jones used in 2016, 2017 for that 17 game winning streak run. Mm. So it's kind of back to the future um, with, in some ways, by playing these two. They also played under 20s together at um, 10 and 12. 
So Ford and Fowler have played together for a lot of time um, in that. So he can switch to it if he wants to. Um, but I think from a I think from a defensive point of view, you're better off bringing Ford on once. Yeah, once the traffic's not going to be quite so heavy, and he also then will have a bit more time to to do his magic rather than having him out there for the for the for the grinding yards during the first half. Is 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 Farrell a bit of a liability with his tackling ball? Um, he's going to make the tackle. Now there is uh, obviously last November there were a couple of incidents. Uh, what one against South Africa and then one against Australia, um, where he got where, where people thought he was uh, well. The social media were were definitely saying that he that there were high tackles, um, and. Uh, and he led with a shoulder. Now, uh, we've not seen that this Rugby World Cup. Now, is is that something that will come back when the pressure's on? Maybe, um, but so far he's not had. To, so far, we've not seen him do it. Um, so, uh, and one of the things we've seen is I, I, I don't think England have had one yellow card um, for a high tackle wow. in this Rugby World Cup. That's so I think they have adjusted. I think one of the teams have adjusted to the um, uh, to these new regulations. We haven't been so the and have the have the All Blacks I'm trying to think they had two. Todd. Yellow, I think the All Blacks. Uh, well, Todd obviously got a yellow card. Um, hmm. I'm just trying to uh, to think that could that could be only one. Remembering um, they didn't play one of their pool games. As well, I think back to the South Africa game. I don't think they, I don't think they got a yellow card in that game. I thought I, I, for some reason I think they did pick up one, pick up a yellow card during the pool stages. Um, I'll very quickly um, try and figure that out. But um, yeah, I don't as I say I don't think um, England have picked up a yellow card uh, yet. But we will. I will be able to very quickly check that by looking on the Tribe Sports app. Um, the uh, is the uh, so um, yeah there was nothing no there was nothing for for New Zealand against South Africa um, against uh, nor against Canada and then as you say the the Italy game was cancelled um, but so, yeah as Alex says Farrell has had two high tackles shoulder charges done at him this Rugby World Cup um, off of Twanga Fassi, he picked up the yellow card didn't he. Um, and uh, Lualala did. So two yellow cards in the uh, Namibia game. Namibia game, yeah. Now I'm just trying to remember what they were for, though. I think that was for... I think that was for high tackles, both of them, if I recall. Off a shoulder, shoulder just... Um, yep. Shoulder, yeah, um, I think shoulder to shoulder, but making sort of a little bit of contact with the, with the head. But I think there were circumstances that in both cases where the player was was falling down. Yeah. But at the end of the day, there was still contact with the head, hence the yellow cards. Yeah. So both falling in the tackle. Yeah. I've just quickly read them. So yeah. So 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 the All Blacks have had a couple, um, but as you say both both falling. Um. So yeah. So it's it's going to be. Uh, um. It's definitely going to be interesting. The. So my, my, the only change I can see happening for England is Jack Nowell in that 23 jersey. Uh, I just yeah. don't see why you bring an injured winger to a Rugby World Cup if 
he if he isn't part of some sort of master plan yeah. um, and, at some point. And he has got X Factor as well as extremely hard to. He's hard to pull down. He's got great great footwork. I I, rec- I reckon they might play him. It'd, it'd be like you say, it would be really really strange to to bring him this far. I was just sort of thinking about a yellow card to either of these teams. Boy, that could it's so tight, Paul. The margins are so small. Oh, that could be the winning and losing of a game. Yep, England have not had a yellow card yet this game, this tournament. You'd probably just put the mocker off. <laughs> <laughs> Touch wood. <laughs> yep. Um, he's looking around for <laughs> No, it's, I've got one straight in front of me. The, the, the shoe cabinet oh, no, that I'm no, using no. at the desk. Um, but he's, um, got both, he's got both hands on it. Both hands <laughs> and my knees. Um, the um, <laughs> so yes, uh, it's you know it's been it's it's been interesting. Um, yeah, I, I think this this England um, side have got the weapons out wide with pace to cause damage. If they can, uh, if 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 they can create space for those fast players, um, and then they've also got um, the athletes in that in the forwards to cause the All Blacks um, a lot of issues at the breakdown, um, which I think are going to be two big areas. The one weakness, as I say, is going to be is kick receipts potentially for for England, um, and uh, yeah, it's going to it's, it's going to be a fascinating battle between the between the two sides. Now. I saw you tweeting out that you've been uh, there's, there's been a fascinating battle um, <laughs> happening in the media between uh, Eddie Jones and um, Steve Hansen. Oh yeah, it's it, it's it's been fun. I mean, it's like we all know what uh, Eddie's doing. He's putting the focus on him himself, sort of taking all that focus away from his assistant coaches. Um, um, you know, the likes of uh, John Mitchell and Steve Borthwick, and of course taking it away from his skipper um, Owen Farrell as well. Uh, he, he, he's a very, very smart man. He knows how to play the media, even to the point where he's even got people believing there's actually there's somebody spying on the on the team, and it's just incredible. The media's just taken it, taken that bait like the proverbial uh, uh, snapper out on the uh, Waitemata Harbour. Crazy. Well, come on. Uh, Steve Hansen is has has complained about this before about people um, using drones to to, uh, to to spy on All Blacks um, training sessions. So um, it was a ready made one for him to, to to wheel out that there was someone in an apartment block with a long range um, lens. Um, the so there's yeah there was there was that one which which was fun. Um, he also. Uh, was yes yeah, saying that basically it's, someone's got to ask the questions because all New Zealand media are basically yeah. fa- fans with keyboards. Yeah, they're not. They're yeah. not really media. I thought that was hilarious. Um, and then, of course, there's the uh, obviously. If you think about it, Steve Hansen planted the seed before the World Cup. If you remember that press conference where he basically where he basically said about the World Cup being a different beast and the pressures that come with with trying to win a world with, with a World Cup. You know, he'd already planted the seed a long time ago, and, and I see that word, that word pressure came up against. Um, you know, where he's busy, busy asking the question: if the, can can England handle the handle the pressure? And we walk towards pressure, and what does uh, what does uh, Eddie respond saying? Yeah, we'll be chasing that pressure. <laughs> yes, mate. Well, no, you know, he said that the pressure was, was was chasing the All Blacks down the street, didn't he? Yeah, um, chasing the All Blacks down the street. Now, Maybe the, We'll be the pressure your blacks down the street. Alex says Eddie Jones loves trolling the media. Right. What Eddie Jones is very aware of is that the media have to write a number of articles um, for the, to earn their money. Right. So they're going to write articles anyway. Uh, 
So you have two choices. One is you basically straight bat things or be or, or, or be touchy with the media, and then they have to think up what their stories are themselves, or you hand feed them the stories that you want them to write about. And what Eddie Jones does is he hand feeds them the stories, so they write about what he wants them to write about, not what um, not what not and, and and they don't care. They're, they're, as, as long as they get their the the requisite number of clicks, they really don't care what they write about, as long as they've got something to write about. So they actually love him. They, they, they find him abs- they find him so easy to work with. Um, it's perfect for them. And, and, very, and very strategic as, as, as well, especially the, the quote about sort of, uh, you know, the busiest person this week will be the um, all-black mental coach, Gilbert Noka. I thought that was classic. I really did. I thought you, you cheeky bugger. Well, you know, you, you can kind of imagine if that sort of gets back to a or gets back to some of the All Blacks, you know, it's it's all mind games, isn't it, Paul? You know, it is. It's interesting that and, and Steve Hansen's more than happy to get involved in mind games, right? Yeah. And yet this week he has said basically, I'm not getting involved in mind games. And it's kind of like, look, look, I know I can get under the skin of Michael Checker and I can get him angry. Yeah. I know I can't do that with Eddie. No, no. <laughs> There's no po- there's no point me trying this with Eddie. It's just a waste of my energy. Um, so what I'm going to do is just stay stumb and uh, and yeah, say some pretty well, vanilla things, really, to be honest. Well, even well, even last week, if you think back to last week, um, the lead up or the pre build up with with Henson and Joe Schmidt, I thought it was very it was not it was quite nicey nicey hmm. throughout the the whole way. You know, you had an outgoing New Zealand coach. Who is just being ultra nice, you know, making sure that he's keeping his powder dry just in case he wants a job back in back in New Zealand. So didn't want to push the boat out too far, shall we say, Paul? Um, and I, I thought it was all very very nice. Where he'd, he'd basically say, "Oh, you know, the All Blacks are sort of team they'll pounce on anything," sort of thing. Where Eddie's completely different. He's sort of come out and he goes, "No, they're human. They bleed. They hurt. They can be tackled. They can drop passes." You yep. know, boy. He's he's gone big on psychological, hasn't he? <laughs> oh, and then he does every single game. Let's be honest. Um, as Alex says, yeah, he he loves trolling the media. I, I don't think it's trolling. I think it's managing the media um, and putting them where he wants them. But um, the uh, but yeah, no, he does it. He does it for every every single game. Um, and uh, whereas Hanson's decided, actually, I'm not going to go after Eddie. What I do, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go after the Six Nations and talk about the rugby. Um, the Nations Cup and how the Six Nations wouldn't play us all the time. Um, so he has decided that uh, that he wants the story to go somewhere else. What he doesn't want the story to be doing is giving Eddie Jones things that he can use for motivation for his players, basically. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you what. If if if, they, if England do pull it off, you know, you've, you've got to say, man, he's he, he might be a hired gun. <laughs> But boy, he absolutely knows. He knows his stuff, and he just uh, yeah, yeah. Like his interesting addition to me is John Mitchell. That's that's a real interest. That's a real interesting one to me. Um, the the press that were there in that time, I think, where they did that uh, press conference. I think they. I don't even know if they asked John Mitchell a question in that time. Maybe they did. I've not seen any pictures of him, or any any articles talking about what, anything he said. No, Eddie Jones, as I say, has given them everything they need to write about, so that's what they're going to write about. Um, now, John Mitchell, for me, is very good at turning around a team in a year 
and spending perhaps a year and two or two years at most in an environment before he upsets everybody or he yep. le- any, any, <laughs> and he leaves. Um, so Eddie Jones got him in about a year and a half out from the Rugby World Cup, um, which was perfect timing. Also, the uh, England had gone through a slump after a honeymoon period of, of, of those 17 wins. Um, so it all... Um, it, it, it all kind of, yeah, was was perfect timing. The last thing in the world I want is for John Mitchell to replace Eddie Jones as England head coach. By the way, for those of you who don't know, I am I am English. If you can't tell by the accent, um, so because as I say he's good for two years at most, uh, and then and then and then that's it. So he's he's a yeah he's he's a culture changer, but he's not a culture builder. Haydes has got a funny one, interesting approach here. Eddie Jones, Eddie the sly dog yapper versus Steve, the monotone, uninterested dog. Jack Russell versus St. Bernard. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. But two, who actually, but two guys who know how to deal with the media, whereas last week we were talking about how uh, Ian Foster was looking stressed and was not enjoying uh, the media in the run-up to the, to the Island game. Um, now, I've not seen him talk this week. Uh, I don't know if he's, any, if he's a bit more relaxed um, than, than he was last week, but yeah, he he was he 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 came across as being extremely stressed in the run up to the Ireland game. Yeah, so. yeah, just as just as persona, the way he was answering answering questions, that it was almost like he didn't want to be there. Yeah, um, you know, you know, for him, there's a lot at stake for you know not not so much not so much on on, on Hanson. I mean to say he'll still. Regardless of the result, he'll still go away as a, with a with a very very good coaching record and a, and a and a and a dual World Cup winner as a as an as an assistant and of course a you know, head coach as a winner. But I think for Foster, I think every, everything's on the line, Paul, because uh, it's basically really it's all about his attack, isn't it? It is all about his attack, and it, well, but it's all about his attack. Um, to get him his next job, which he, he wants to be the, ex, the 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 All Blacks head coach. Let's be blunt, he wants that he that, that's he wants Hanson's job. Um, now that Hanson's leaving, uh, he's being groomed for it, um, and um, and all of that point of view. Uh, Alex has made the point. Eddie is still contract for two years, but that two years is supposed to be handing over period. Um, so you've um, you've got to say that. Um, uh, yeah, so this this is this is kind of this this is a job um, interview the, for him, uh, and one of the I, so, I mean someone wrote an article after the Island Games saying how um, basically that, that this 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 put a, a kind of a, a spoke in the wheel of, of Joe Smith becoming head coach of the Wilbur. Like, Hang on a second, he said he isn't going to he's he's going yeah. away from rugby. It's not going to happen. I mean, seriously, folks, um, or seriously, New Zealand press. Um, the uh, but 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 as far as Ian Foster is concerned, yeah, this he has. If he wins the next two games, or if the All Blacks win the next two games, sorry, then he gets the All. He, he, everyone's expecting him to be the head 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 coach of the All Blacks. Um, if they don't win the next two games, then it's question marks. Um, and when you spent the last eight years or however long he's been as assistant coach with the All Blacks, building up towards this, towards being the head coach, that's that's um, that's massive. So Steve Steve says, is pressure on the All Blacks a bad thing? 
since 2007, they seem to thrive the bigger the occasion and expectation. Now, one of the things we've seen has been demonstrated at this Rugby World Cup is how much Steve Hansen um, has everything towards a Rugby World Cup and winning it. Okay, that's all that matters. Um, now, clearly he wouldn't have got here if he lost every single game between his two Rugby World Cups, but I think he probably trade all of those for winning every game at the Rugby World Cup. He'd happily lose all the other games. So, and we've seen he probably lost those two games to Ireland where he could have done something else but deliberately didn't because it was more important to keep it quiet for this. So, one of the things I've seen the All Blacks do um, that I don't see, that I've not seen anybody else do uh, is, is around that pressure. So, normally what teams will do, is try, what coaches will try and do is to play down the pressure of a big game. So say coming up to 18th win on the shot or something like that, or a Grand Slam decider. What we've seen Steve Hansen do occasionally when that, 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 that winning record is on the line is to say, is to come out in the press and say, yes, we are, yes, we, if we win this game, we'll be making history and actually build up the occasion. So to make a, a, a game between Rugby World Cups, actually a high-pressure game for the players. Because at a Rugby World Cup final, it's going to be high pressure. You can't play down that pressure, all right? Yeah. <laughs> you can't. There's, there's only so much you can diffuse. Uh, it's, it, it's not just another um, game. It's not like, just another game. The, how, many, how many times do you hear that when, when finals are played? Coaches are, coaches are like, oh, it's just another game. Sure it is. <laughs> not. <laughs> um, so... What Steve Hansen has done really well is he's gone, right, um, when we come to the knockout stage of the World Cup, there will be pressure on the players. So what I need to do between Rugby World Cups is to try and recreate some of that pressure around certain games. So my players get used to the fact that when we come to these games, how, what some of the pressure around that is. Now, for people like Severus and George Bridge, tough guys, you weren't there. But the rest of the squad is used to dealing with pressure because of those games, like when they were on that 18 game winning streak, um, uh, and various other games where he's actually built it up, like uh, the um, England All Blacks game um, and the Ireland All Blacks game last November. He built those up massively and said, "Yes, this is our, this is two of the best teams in the world facing each other. With this is basically the playoffs, see who's best in the world, and things like that." It wasn't. We all knew, win or lose, the All Blacks are still the best in the world. Yeah. But he built it up to be a final. So the players were ready now yeah. for this kind of part. So, um, Steve, uh, um, pressure um, is something that you can't avoid. So whether you call it a good or a bad thing doesn't really matter. But the All Blacks have trained, or Steve Hansen has tried to mentally train the players to be able to deal with this pressure by giving them, as close as he can, similar situations over the last three years. Um, so where are you actually watching the game then? I am, where am I watching the game? Yep. I will be watching it at home. We'll probably get together as a, as a family and sit down and watch it. Now, it's, is it 9.15 on Saturday, Saturday evening? Uh, that's when the pre-match stuff might kick off, but it's 10 o'clock, I'm pretty sure. On yeah, yeah. Let me just check. Um, no, sorry, no, 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 it's 9 o'clock, 9 a.m. Sorry, 9, 9 p.m. kickoff. <laughs> okay, no, that's fine. I'll, yeah. yeah, just with 
just my family. Um, I, I guess by um, by 11:30 p.m. Uh, 12 p.m. We'll definitely know if uh, who one of the one of the finalists are at that time. So. Obviously, one of us will have a bigger smile for. <laughs> so yes, the game on Saturday, uh, New Zealand time, is uh, is nine eight is nine pm, and the game on Sunday is ten pm. Um, I'll be watching both these games with John O'Connor, um, and I will be um, live straight after each of those games with post match reaction with John. Actually, we'll probably wait until we've had the play the the, the, the player interviews. Um, I, I I do know Paul that something that. Uh the All Blacks will be really, really pleased about is the appointment of Nigel Owens, or the reappointment of Nigel Owens, so to get him uh, two games in a row, they will be really, really pleased with that, given uh, I heard something on the radio today, they had a, they've got a winning record of, they've had uh, in something like 21 or 22 tests, they've actually won 20, 21, they've only lost one under Nigel Owens' watch. Yeah, it's a bit strange, I, I, I'm for Nigel Owens to do the All Blacks two weeks on a trot, I think the I think World Rugby have uh, have got that one wrong. To be honest, um, we know that referees referee in different ways. They have their own idiosyncrasies. We know that teams prepare for certain referees um, in different ways, and to have had the experience of getting used to playing with a referee, and then uh, and then having the, the second week on the trot, I think is definitely an advantage for the All Blacks. Yeah, they're probably saving Wayne Barnes for the final, Paul. The <laughs> oh dear. Well, we know that none of the New Zealand referees are even good enough to get here. Good. But anyway, um, we're having our own little barbs at the minute. The um, <laughs> and actually talking of New Zealand referees, um, last weekend, oh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Mike Senkup. Game. Um, now, is that the what, what game are we talking about here, Paul? The guy who was going to be, who thought he was going to go through the World Cup. Oh, Glenn Jackson. Glenn Jackson. To actually hear Glenn Jackson laughing during the game, uh, he was refereeing as he's running around, was really, really strange. I, 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 I look. I, I get you're supposed to enjoy your job, but as a referee, laughing. Um, as you're running around, that uh, that seemed very, very strange to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, at least he wasn't having a selfie and giving supporters the elbow. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Oh, have a sense of humour, folks. Jeez. Yeah, <sighs> I'm, I'm the same. I, I I can't believe there's an investigation. What I saw it was, the, listen, it, to me, it brings a, a human element to, to our referees. And, yeah. you know, from what I've heard, I know talking to... Um, Angus Maybe, who's one of the top referees on the local New Zealand circuit, he said, "Listen, you wouldn't, you would not meet a nicer guy. Really, hilarious guy, witty. You know, and and you know, we want it, we want our referees to be human, crying out loud." Yep, agreed, agreed totally. Um, so, uh, yeah, very, very it's, it's a real shame that yeah, I, I think he's he um, uh, there, there, there was nothing wrong with. Um, with what he was doing, but there you go. Gee, I'll tell, I'll tell you what, World Rugby, they love Jerome Garcia's though, don't they? That, <laughs> yep, they do, that's true. Yep. Um, I'm not I'm not entirely sure why, because I find him really inconsistent. The, uh, I, I, to be honest, I, I don't actually keep track of who's refereeing most of the time. 
so unless it's unless it's a, a, a an Angelo or a Wayne Barnes, I quite often don't recognise or don't note who the referee is. Well, all, we can, all I can say is thank God Ben Skeen, Skeen is a, a TMO only. Yes, that's true. <laughs> um, hey, Des asked us uh, um, about uh, Matt Todd at Straight Sort of Fazel. Yes, uh, that's the only match day 23 we're expecting. We did go through all of that earlier in the show. Um, mm. So I'm not going to throw it all again, but yeah, but in brief, we expect it to be the same. Uh, there might be change. We, we might see uh, um, uh, Ryan Cross instead of Sonny Williams on the, on the, on the bench, but. Um, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. Frizzell for, for Todd is the only change we're expecting. Yeah, we're not we're not going to see another bigger body come onto the bench. I don't think the All Blacks yeah. would want to sacrifice. Uh, <clears throat> they certainly wouldn't want to want to sacrifice mobility, especially if one of those loose forwards, either Savia or, or Kane, goes down early. Yeah, I mean there will be there will be an argument for, for having having Scott. You're touching. <laughs> I I can see the argument of having so, uh, the, the people will might suggest that Scott Barrett will cover um, the the loose forwards from the bench, but no, I wouldn't. I, I think if, if you've got a specialist, you should have him there for this kind of game. I was going to say, out of all the guys that came off the bench, <clears throat> I thought Barrett was probably the best. He he added he added quite a bit when he came on came on. Yep. Well, thank you very much for your time, sir. I think we're, we're, we're I think we're all done. Yeah. So everybody, um, I will be back. I say live post match reaction to both the uh, New Zealand versus England. Sorry, England versus New Zealand. Is that which, which way round is that? I've got now. Um, and also, uh, I think it's Wales versus South Africa. So we'll be live do live post match reaction myself and John O'Connor um, to both of those games. So join us straight after the games for those. Um, and we'll be back next week at eight pm with the All Blacks edition, um, either um, picking over the bones. Um, or and, well, we will be picking up the bones, and we'll either be looking forward to uh, the Rugby World Cup final for the All Blacks or the third, fourth place playoff um, for the All Blacks. So, um, the so thank you very much, everybody, and uh, catch you all next week. Don't forget, you know, subscribe, hit the bell, all of that kind of stuff, um, and uh, you can also get access to exclusive videos and things by becoming a pay, uh, supporter of Driving Mall at um, patreon.com forward slash Driving Mall as well. There we go. Thank you, Stephen. Oh, actually, on. What's your what's your Twitter handle? How can people chat with you? Oh God, I've forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten it. You've forgotten it. Okay, never mind. I've forgotten it. <laughs> Too tired. <laughs> Too tired. All right. Good night, everybody. Catch you all um, at uh, after the games. Enjoy your rugby.